no one is from scratch. That's probably the first thing that I want to make clear if we're talking about starting an athlete uh, fresh. No one's really fresh, right? Everyone has uh, a different level of experience and exposures to physical challenges, you know, formal sports, even a teen athlete who's young, who uh, doesn't have a lot of wear and tear, like they still have a history with putting food into their bodies and that can be a positive or uh, a negative thing for them. So if we're talking about developing an athlete from quote unquote scratch, we're really talking about raising a child and this is not a parenting podcast and I don't mean it to be one. However, I still think there's some good principles that we could think about from developing an athlete at different uh, age ranges and stages of their own personal development. So let's walk through what like quote unquote optimal athletic development could look like for a CrossFit athlete, depending on where they're at in terms of trajectory of their career. And this could be whether they have a little bit of mud on the tires, so to speak, or if we're truly building the ideal CrossFit athlete from scratch. The fitness movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. We offer coaching and individualized program design, as well as educational content for coaches and athletes. It's all at one place, zorfitness.com. So for our purposes today, I split this athlete's career, so to speak, into three different stages. Stage one would be like truly from scratch, where we're talking about a child. Two would be quote unquote low mileage, right? where we're talking about someone who's in their teen years, they have maybe a, up to a few years um, and maybe almost no exposure at all uh, to strength conditioning, but maybe have a little bit of exposure in uh, formal sporting settings. And the third one I'm calling top speed. This is someone in their mid-competitive career. So relative to their CrossFit career, they're somewhere in the middle part of that trajectory. So the first half of this, when I'm talking about the child or the teen athlete, I kind of want to take a little bit more of the perspective of a, a parent. And then for the final one, the, the top speed, right? Someone who's in their sort of mid-competitive career, then I'm going to turn it more towards the perspective of the athlete because at that point, that person's an adult. They're responsible for their own performance. So I'll be speaking directly to that person. And for each of these, I think it's important that I am clear that I'm not just thinking about this in terms of like what immediately is going to give this person the, the performance benefits because there is a lot of things you could do and that's not necessarily setting them up for success down the line. So I'm more so thinking about the key building blocks that you would want in someone's uh, you know, program for lack of a better word, life, frankly, where they can not only have success now and in the immediate future that they're experiencing, but down the line as well. So I think maybe a good example of this would be like, if we have an 11 year old, would it be ideal for them to weigh and measure all of their food and really closely track all of their nutrition? It's like if the only thing that you cared about was their immediate success in the future, then I mean, honestly, probably it would have a performance benefit. However, certainly no one's, or maybe not no one, but I don't think most people are recommending that, right? Because you got to think about what is the ripple effect of that for, you know, a, a preteen tracking their nutrition that closely and obsessing over every little detail like that. Is that going to have a positive impact down the line or a negative one? And I would say for the most part, that's going to have a net negative impact in that case. So again, in this podcast, I'm thinking about how can we balance having immediate success along with the longevity and having a healthy relationship with exercise and movement as a whole 
um, for the athlete that we're talking about. I also think it's important that we understand that we are talking about working with people. And again, for a good chunk of this, we're talking about young boys and girls who, and teens who, um, we can't treat them like, you know, a black box theory, right? We're basically like, if you control all the inputs that you know what outcomes you're going to get, like, that's not the way people work. It's not the way coaching works. Um, if you need a little more clarification on that, I would say go listen to episode 76, where I talked about reactive periodization and sort of my coaching process that I talk about there. And it's understanding that we're working with human beings and that human beings have way more complicated lives and inputs than we often give respect for. We're just talking about training. Also, I know I'm having a lot of caveats here at the beginning of the conversation, but I think it's important. Also, this theoretical question that I'm kind of answering is like how to develop the like uh, an athlete from scratch. Like that's assuming that this kid or this uh, young person wants to keep the same goal across their entire upbringing, which it happens, but that's extremely rare. Like say there's an athlete and they're 14 years old now and they say, hey, I want to be a games athlete. And as a parent, you're super gung-ho about that. I think it's easy to assume that they're going to keep those goals indefinitely. And what you don't realize is that, okay, you know, six, eight, 10 years down the road, if they are sticking with that goal, means training, you know, 14 sessions a week, forfeiting uh, the professional career, giving up certain, you know, social engagements and all of that with the hope of one day making to the games when they're, you know, 24 or 25 years old. It's like at some point you have to reconcile that a lot of those people are going to drop off along the way. And that's an okay and totally fine thing. And people just change their goals and especially kids they want to go after something different and that's okay. And you have to be allowing, you know, a kid to do that. Like you can't, it can't be your thing. It has to be their thing. And therefore I would say that you just need to focus on developing a strong, resilient human being from a very broad perspective that encompasses their minds, their emotions and their physical self and not neglecting any of those areas or hyper-focusing on one specific thing. So with all those caveats out of the way, let's dive into it. So if we're starting an athlete from scratch where this is like a child that we're working with, I would say the priority when you're working with a kid. And again, for most people, I'm, I'm talking about raising their own kids. Um, this is like if you're raising up a little human being, really the goal there is for you to instill in them the values and the belief systems that your family holds as incredibly important. And I would say this is primarily through observing and mirroring what the parents are doing and less through like formal, like quote unquote teaching. So for me, I'm a dad. I have a, a one and a half year old son uh, as of the recording of this. And for someone like him, how do I instill um, the value, the value of like hard work, consistency or quality time, things like that. I would say it's probably not through like telling him that he like needs to work hard or something like that. Like that seems like really obvious to people who are parents. I would say it's learn through witnessing his mother and I doing things like, you know, getting up at the same time every day, investing in our physical health with, with exercise, uh, you know, enjoying time outdoors as a family and doing things that involve our bodies that are outside of exercise, like just going for a walk or enjoying nature, things like that, having real food to eat the same times every day, like those things instill consistency, instill work ethic and still the importance of quality time, like all of those values and things that we want our son to have, those are learned through him seeing those things being represented. 
and here really it's about like a, a more mature centered consistent adult will raise a child with those same qualities and that is by no means rocket science but it's also a super challenging thing to do when you know you have that responsibility as a parent so i'd say part one is being a role model in the very true sense of the word and then part two is spending quality time with them and just having fun and doing things that uh even within that are still challenging right so there there can be this sense of like problem solving and discovery even when things uh, aren't necessarily intrinsically fun right and i think you have to balance both of those doing things that are fun in the moment that it can be again quality time type things like you know throwing ball in the yard and doing all that kind of stuff like you know my son loves to be in his backpack as we go on walks and stuff like those things are intrinsically fun that's super important you can also teach that hey this thing that is challenging can also be fun because it provides a unique sense of accomplishment when we do that sort of thing he might be a little on the young side for that but certainly something that i would start to think about as you're raising uh, a son or a daughter so again if we're actually talking about like the physical training i know don't want to get too far off of this what does it look like for like a one and a half year old like it looks like if i'm working out i pick things that are not going to be super time intensive where i don't get to spend time with him right i'm doing either like strength work or skill work where there's built-in rest time so that i can interact and have fun with him and i am spending quality time with him and that way it allows me to be more present and i'm more okay with stopping what i'm doing and giving time and attention to my son so that's one thing and then he can you know observe what i'm doing at this point and uh sometimes it'll be you know kind of copying and mirroring what I'm doing, um, even down to like the noises and everything, like grunting and picking up PVC pipes and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, or it could just be like playing over in the crash pads or doodling on the whiteboard, doing like that kind of stuff. And I would say that's one aspect of it, right? And that, again, that's even that is very much so play. But other times it's literally just like we're hanging out in the yard and he goes over to the garage door, starts banging on the door. He wants into the garage because he wants to be able to play more. And that's an important thing to protect and preserve, I think, and allowing him to, again, just kind of do whatever he wants when he actually gets in there. And maybe I show him some things. Maybe it's just like playing. Maybe it's just cheering him on if he, you know, is trying to lift a, a tiny little dumbbell or something like that, right? Just having fun with it. Um, no different than if we were out playing ball in the yard, right? No different than that. There's no real agenda. There's no thing that I'm trying to push on him. It's just like, hey, let's have fun and move. And oh, by the way, I just happen to have some of this exercise equipment here, <laughs> right? I would definitely not think about it as any more formal than that. Now, that's obviously extremely young, like pretty much from scratch. Um, Coach Chris um, has some kiddos of his own, and they, they're they a little bit older. Um, he's a son and a daughter. So I called him up, and this is what he has to say about like what quote-unquote exercise looks like uh, nowadays. Calling Chris Hardenberg. Hello? What's up, dude? How much? What's going on? Uh, I have you on recording right now. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to throw this into a podcast. Okay. Let's make it happen. <laughs> so uh, how old are, is uh, Sayla and Riley? So Riley's eight and Sayla's five. Okay. And like, well, I don't need to put any caveats on it. Like, just explain like kind of what, like, what you do with them exercise wise. So I, I take probably three times, three times a week generally when we're in a rhythm, right? We'll do a morning workout. So that'll be five minutes long. We usually rotate who picks the movement. So like one day I might say, all right, Riley, pick what we're doing today. 
say, like, you pick what we're doing today, I'll pick what we're doing the next day. And this is after me doing it, like, multiple times, because now they'll have a little bit of a roll effect of, like, things like, oh, all right, I want to do a wall. I want to do burpees. I want to do push-ups. Yeah. And then outside of that, you know, it might be, like, you know, general play, you know, right now we play a game pretty frequently called Ball Off the Roof. So, like, like big balls. And I punch <laughs> them off the roof. They kind of bounce off the roof, and the kids have to run and try to catch it. And it's super simple, but I was like, it's funny you think about it the other day. And I was like, that's actually, like, really good for, like, like in terms of, mm. like, trying to track the object, your eyes, where is it going to land? I need my body to try to catch it, almost like an outfielder would in baseball. And so, and then Riley, that's the age at eight, that's such some organized sport. So, like, flag, like flag football, uh, track. So, we kind of have a mix of everything. And then just there's also, like, for you, right, Jackson, like, it, it's almost like fitness through osmosis, right? Like, yep. they watch the thing that they try to repeat it. Yeah, doesn't everybody have barbells in their garage? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, so it's kind of cool to like they kind of get it through osmosis a little bit that way. Yeah, totally. Well, thanks. I I appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight. Yeah, man, that was it. That's all you need. <laughs> that was it. That was the only reason I needed to call you. <laughs> That's easy. I'm glad I could. <laughs> thanks, man. I'll see you. So now let's go to a teen athlete, someone who's low mileage, right? Pretty low training age. In my mind, the ideal development for an athlete like this would be picking, you know, a a small number of sports. You don't have to go crazy, but like this is ideally probably selected by them and they're taking ownership in their development uh, of their own abilities, right? And ideally this would be something that is kind of cyclical nature throughout the year where they're not doing the same thing the entire year. They're not trying to overdo it where they're playing you know, multiple sports at the same time, right? Just letting them be a kid and like go through like the natural seasons that are going to pop up with like, you know, school and sports and like that sort of thing. I think it's very healthy and a a natural progression to go through and giving them as much ownership in that process while encouraging them is probably sort of a sweet spot. I think in my mind, don't specialize, don't get super specific and let the kid probably make the, the most of the decisions while the parent is sort of like the guardrails, right? Like keep their, their hand off a hot stove, making sure that you're there when they, they need you. And if they're asking for help, certainly you can provide that, but trying to have them take as much ownership for the whole thing as you possibly can is only going to set them up for success down the road. And then athletically, I would say it's your job to ensure that since you're taking your hands off the reins a little bit, it's ensure that the adults that are working with them know what they're doing and that will help allow um, your kid to take more ownership and for you to feel like you can back off a little bit more if you've actually vetted who those people are. And I would say, if possible, I would recommend the same thing for strength conditioning or CrossFit in this case, if, you're, if your kid wants to do CrossFit. Basically, get someone else who knows what they're doing to coach your kid, but again, it's your responsibility to make sure that that person knows what they're doing, that you've actually vetted them. And just so that we're not all talking about theory here, I want to give a little bit of practical uh, exercise advice for if we're talking about like, let's call it like a a teenager, someone who's like uh, post-puberty, let's call it, I think would be a a good recommendation here. And maybe even before that, I would say these are still uh, good recommendations to follow. Would be, one would be following the fundamental movement patterns and learning those well, getting confident in those, having sound movement, 
and working on unfatigued strength. I think the MCIs of that CrossFit preaches is a, is a great principle to vibe by. Mechanics, consistency, then intensity. If you follow that model, that's a really good place to start. So what are the fundamental movement patterns? Push, pull, squat, hinge, right? Running, lunging, bounding, all those uh, types of, of movements, even rotational movements you could throw in there, all the basic stuff that all humans and kids should be able to do. So that's one is the fundamental movement patterns. Two is skills. Things like the Olympic lifts, right? Where it's not just a very simple fundamental movement pattern, things that are a little bit complicated. There's a lot more moving pieces. You don't need to load those crazy heavy. You don't need to, again, have them doing sport cross movements right away, like, you know, kipping ring muscle ups and handstand walking, all the crazy stuff. You don't need to do that right away. Even if your kid wants to do CrossFit, if you set them up with the fundamentals really well and teach them how to do things like hold a static handstand hold and things like the, the basics of those sports, that's going to have incredible carryover too if they do want to get more specific and uh, you know more competitive, frankly, down the road. And that's also going to set them up for success from like a joint health perspective and yeah, hormone profile, all the, all the above. Um, so skills, things like Olympic lifts, gymnastics fundamentals. Um, and I say that because I don't think of uh, the, the gymnastics typically that we see in CrossFit are the fundamentals, more things like creating shapes, um, being able to you know, have quarter extremity type movements. That's more of like the basics that I'm thinking about. Uh, and then three would be conditioning. And for conditioning, again, I don't think kids need to be doing hard energy systems training, but I think some basic body weight type movements and cyclical work, and you could even combine those two, right? Um, and making it fun and different every single time, and providing kids with a unique challenge, like uh, you know, a very basic CrossFit Metcon that you would do in like an, an intro on ramp type class would probably be okay for for a lot of teens. And then I would say ideally something like that in the, this third conditioning bucket, if you could throw a capacity based sport in there as well, that would be great. I think team sports are super important, and you know, strategy based sports. However, if you can have a racing sport in there as well, like, you know, swimming, cross country, track and field, you know, anything like that would be super um, helpful as well to get, get a little exposure of how to think about pacing and developing and developing energy systems in a way that it's also like on a team with other people, with a coach other than the person's parent, like all those things are, are helpful settings there. Two more tidbits that I'd probably add to that would be one, biasing eccentric movements and isometric uh, contractions, eccentrics, in other words, like the lowering phase of movements, right? So doing like uh, tempo squats, tempo, you know, some, something as simple as like a tempo goblet squat. It's a great way to learn how to squat with some external load in a way that's a whole lot more controlled and is going to carry over really well to other types of heavier squatting uh, down the line. So biasing the lowering portion of movements, doing things like isometrics, right? And it's something as simple as a handstand hold against a wall, a high plank hold, um, figuring out how to hang from a pull-up bar or to do a chin over uh, bar hang or a ring row like holding at your chest, right? Like all those types of isometrics are going to be great options and stuff that is going to have very little joint stress, very little wear and tear and have the biggest impact positively on motor control, which is something that teens are going to be working a lot to develop. They lack motor control because they just haven't been doing those movements for a decade plus, right? They have a very low training age. So developing that motor control is going to be super important. And then that's the one thing by seeing the centrics and isometrics, those contractions. And then I would say also just 
understanding that the learning that takes place is actually probably more important than like the quote unquote training, thinking more about developing an athlete's skills and toolbox and awareness of how they're, they're moving and developing the way that they think about their own technique. All of those sort of soft skills are probably more important than like, like training in terms of like creating like really strong, like adaptations, right? So always thinking about having our work before and focused and doing like more like quote unquote, like drilling versus like testing. So more things that are just like, Hey, let's practice this and try to refine it, make it as pretty as we possibly can versus like, let's go really hard with this. Let's go, go fast, right? The, the language that you use in those settings is going to be very different when you're having different outcomes like that. Do you have a topic that you'd like to request as a future show or just a question about training? Reach out to me. My email is ben at zorfitness.com or you can DM me on Instagram at zorfitness. Lastly, head over to zorfitness.com if you want to browse all of our previous shows with in-depth show notes as well as educational content for all things training. And finally, let's talk about top speed, right? So this is someone who's sort of in the, the middle of their competitive career as a CrossFit athlete. And here I'm kind of taking a hard shift. This is someone who's in CrossFit. They're competitive. They've been doing it for a number of years. They are not fresh at this. They're someone who they've taken care of a lot of the low-hanging fruit that they know of, right? So if there's easy adaptation to be had, they've sort of done it already, right? And they're at an inflection point. This is someone who's invested multiple years into their performance and takes their fitness more seriously. And because of that, when they reach a plateau or they're, they're kind of, you know, leveling off in that direction, that the way that you go about attacking it has to be a little bit different, right? So I would say if this is you or you think you're headed in that direction, one of the most important, probably the most important thing that you can do is to enlist outside help right? Someone who can help you find more low-hanging fruit, right? That low-hanging fruit for you at this point, you've taken care of all the stuff that you know of. So it is in your blind spot. And then people like are like, where's my blind spot? It's like, well, you don't know, right? That's the one thing that we do know is that you don't know. So for you, it could be like your low-hanging fruit might be the fact that uh, you, you could be doing you know, you're actually doing too many Metcons. And if you did less, that would help you get to the competitive strength levels and some of your absolute numbers. It might mean that you're doing for the first time some tailored progressions that can help you develop the, the proficiency in your high-level gymnastics to compete at the level that you want to. It might mean committing to a higher level in terms of like the the amount of time that you're actually willing to give to the thing and potentially like splitting sessions, right? So rather than having one three-hour p.m. block, you split that into a, an a.m. and a p.m. where you have two 90-minute blocks. And even though you're doing the same amount of total work, the quality of each of those sessions goes up because you're not super fatigued in the second half, and therefore you actually continue to improve for longer. It could be, you know, maybe you don't actually plan out your seasons. It could be sitting down and planning out with someone else times where, you yes, you're going to be pushing volume and doing more total work. There's other times where you're going to pull that back and intensify all the work that you're doing so that you can express higher on your actual testing when you go to do that. And understanding that there's times to take off seasons and there's other times to push. All those little things, again, if it was stuff that you knew how to do already at this point in your career, you would have already taken care of it. So the point is, 
you don't know and you can't see because it's in your blind spot. So again, if that's you, you have to be diligent enough to enlist the help of someone and get, get someone's help who can be in your corner for you, so to speak. You know, even if it's not a remote coach, even if it's not me, um, like get somebody in your corner who can help you out. And really that's my final advice for building the ideal CrossFit athlete from scratch. Thanks for listening today. If you're someone who just started listening to the show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you can stay up to date. If you're someone who's been listening for a while, I would encourage you to rate and review the show. And lastly, the best thing that you can do to support our work is also the best thing that you can do for your performance. And that is by hiring one of our coaches. Until next time, stay the course.